Hello everybody and Happy New Year. Welcome to Theatre World News. I am your boy, Jonathan Blake, chasing up the latest goss so you don't have to. And this is a new year, new subjects, new people to talk to. I am so excited to share this with you guys and I hope you are excited too. Now, I'm ready to introduce to you a very special guest that's flown in all the way from the US, Los Angeles. And he's excited to talk to you and I'm sure you are excited to listen. Now, you know what to do, follow the page, and you know what, let's just get the party started because I know that you're excited as I am. Let's go. I'd like to introduce you to my brother-in-law, good friend, Brian Hanford. How are you? I'm very well, very well. How are you? I'm good. I must say I'm um, very excited to have you on the podcast because we have always spoke, but of course, you are from America and um, I thought it would just be perfect to have you on the podcast because accents is something that obviously me and you both have. And oh, yeah. yeah, it's just great. To, and it's been a pleasure to see you again since your wedding and and uh, to, to speak properly and actually have proper conversations and get to know each other. So yeah let's uh, let's just see how it goes and absolutely um, and obviously on on theater world news with all my guests i'd just like to let the twn army know a bit more about the guests because they know too much about me so <laughs> in your own time brian you just let the people know like what's what's your theater and art experience yeah of course well i grew up absolutely loving uh musical theater and just theater in general you yeah. know did all the community theater and middle school and high school plays and stuff you know when i was five i was a munchkin in the wizard of oz that kind of thing (laughs) yeah and uh yeah when i was really young you know i was one of those lucky and cursed people that decided when i was like (laughs) six years old i want to be an actor with my life yeah uh and yeah i went to college studying theater performance and then actually moved over here um to go to do my master's uh over in england which was you know, one of the greatest experiences, and especially considering my now wife, girlfriend at the time was English yeah. and going to school yeah. over here, that made it a lot easier. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, after seeing her, I worked in London as an actor, mostly for TV and film yeah. and did a lot of voiceover down there because of being quite a novelty having an American accent. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And uh, did that for four or five years and then moved to Los Angeles when uh a job arose and luckily you know my wife her yeah. job is very easily transferable as a teacher um and yeah we've moved over there and have been there for now six years loving it and interestingly enough i've kind of shifted my work from doing acting full-time to doing voiceover and uh writing mostly i write for tv a lot now so oh, that's fantastic. really kind of turn i didn't see coming but i've always loved creating you know, plays and sketches and things like that. So now that that's kind of my full-time job, it's a cool evolution of still being able to be in entertainment and all oh, that. Of course. I mean, it's fair to say that, like, uh, I am a little bit jealous. Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think I take my hat off to anyone who's creative and, like, just they and they keep going. Like, I think sometimes, especially with this kind of um, industry, it can be so easy to kind of just sit back and, and not, and I think, oh, and procrastinate really, and just yeah. and think, oh, I've got these ideas in my head, but they never, you never really execute them. Mm. 
so it's fantastic when um you see someone actually work, working um professionally and, and constantly creating and producing it and um and yeah living it up in la it's uh, yeah i mean let I'll be honest, on paper, it sounds a lot better than it is saying I write for TV in Los Angeles sounds glamorous, but it's, yeah, you know, it's, the, it's a very, very difficult industry as yeah. it is in anywhere in the world. But also, I mean, I totally agree with you that one of the best things about being in the creative community, whether as an actor, writer, singer, right, you know, whatever it is, is that you don't have to let anyone tell you you can create. And that's something that I've really responded to with writing is that I love creating worlds and unfortunately with acting you're waiting for that callback you're waiting to get that role for someone to tell you you can play and be good at and don't get me wrong like you can create your own content and film that but i felt like writing gave me that flex you know flex that muscle of i'm being creative and getting to do entertainment stuff so when i started doing that and writing more and more it was just like wow like now i've found something that you know i can do for a job but also do in my spare time and love them both equally and and I think that is the general goal for everyone. I mean, mm. um, no, nothing like, um, nothing that obviously means so much to you comes without hard work, of course. I know that it, it when, when people are waiting for that callback and it, it's, it's kind of one of those industries where you, you're creating what you create, but you're also at other people's disposal. Yeah. Um, and it's down to them whether they want to pick you or not. And yeah, um so yeah i can imagine it's it it can be mind taxing yeah well and 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 you have that element of i think there's a higher likelihood that now that i've started writing stuff that one day i'll be able to put myself in one of the things i write you know like and then hire myself as an actor rather than audition for people that don't know me and try and do it the the old-fashioned way and that's why i've written you know an animated show because i do so much voiceover that i'm like hey this might be an easier sell if i say well you know guys i actually have quite a few you know voiceover things going on so maybe you could put me in my own show (laughs) is there a lot of voiceover work in in america in uh, i know um like I know, I like I watch a lot of um, anime and a lot of like cartoons and kind of like and things like that. Um, but I find is is there much in LA that 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 gives you the chance to do a lot of voiceover work? Yeah, I mean LA is definitely a big hub for talent. So yeah. because of in the last you know fifteen twenty years the technology for recording voiceover has become so easy for someone for example you know i've worked on a show called jojo's bizarre adventure and it's like this is a japanese show that the producers can be in japan and just listen in to me recording live in la with no hiccups no delay nothing like that they can respond in real time so that makes it easier because then it's like hey there's all these actors in la this will be our talent pool rather than going around trying to find them yeah, in specific that's places. True. That's, a, that's a good point. Yeah. But it also, you know, with COVID and everything, it's also opened up the world to a lot of people I know now just record from home because they've built their own studio like you have here and the quality is good. They've connected, you know, their own ISDN lines or Zoom or whatever it may yeah. be so that, again, people can listen in live and respond in real time. And, you know, I think that's going to be kind of, uh, a bit of a way of the world for certain aspects of voiceover moving forward because i mean you get great voice actors that you don't need to bring into the studio you're not paying for that engineer you're not paying for the equipment the actor is taking care of all of that and the only thing you have to put up with is them being in their own home so <laughs> i think it's uh definitely paved the way for a lot of people to be oh, able to yeah. do it from and it could be it yeah. could and i'm guessing that is the new way that 
that they kind of yeah. uh, produce things now. In some cases, I mean, it, with bigger shows, they'll always want you to come into the studio so they can kind of control everything about it. You know, like the bigger you get with Disney and, you know, uh, Fox and all that kind of stuff. Like if you were doing an episode of Family Guy or The Simpsons or something like that, they want to make sure that everything is up to their standards and everything is the way they yeah, do it. I so, can imagine, yeah. But when it comes to like doing voiceover for commercial, like, you know, I did a freaking Mercedes Benz commercial for France oh, from nice. my friend's house in LA, you know. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, just that the concept alone, that is a, uh, it is eye opening because you, it's, it's something you don't really think about until mm. you're told. Yeah, exactly. Um, and is and is anything else that you've kind of done recently that I know that especially with your kind of industry, you, there's only so much that you can actually speak about before to say no. <laughs> you can't speak about that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think there's definitely like the highlights that I've done, at least for me personally, obviously are I got to be part of the video game series Devil May Cry, which yeah. I absolutely love, and it's such an tense and amazing series but also you know like we were talking about before we were recording their attention to detail and their attention to good performances are so far beyond what i assumed video games did you know they want great acting they want it to be real and genuine uh and so that was absolutely amazing and to be kind of you know the pseudo titular character for devil Mm. may cry 5 but they do the 5 with a v and my character is v and it's about this you know kind of um second coming of one of their largest characters or at least a split of his soul yeah. it was just an incredible it's, thing to be a part of it's such a ma- it's, it's a massive game and it's certainly a proud moment from my perspective to see someone who was able to kind of break into that and see it come to life because obviously i don't get to see the progress i mm. only see the final result yeah but i can imagine the actual journey that you took to get to that stage must have alone been incredible i mean yeah and and it's weird because you know there's been other things like that you get to work on where it's really cool and being on set and doing everything there in la is amazing because it feels like that classic la i'm on a movie set or i'm on a tv set and acting but with this being able to go to japan and live there for a month and work every single day with these incredible people you know and then be part of now like you said because it's a big game this massive community of yeah. incredible fans incredible people that have been part of it yeah you know it's just it's something that i didn't expect and something that you know i now am so thankful for all the time because even though it's been what like three years or two yeah. years since it came out it's still every single day i get either a message from fans or a message from one of the guys or girls that i worked with and you know, it's just exactly what you said, created an amazing community oh, that I get to brilliant. be a part of. That is that is amazing and I'm I'm happy that you you can I'll always, always be that guy. Always be that guy. Yeah. Um so today of course we're gonna talk about accents mm-hmm. and obviously we've seen countless amount of theatre shows, musicals, films where you you hear an accent and you oh that's interesting. Straight away you think, where could they be from? Yeah. Obviously, you're from the state, so you would be able to recognise accents that are around you or distant from you. And I would probably be able to pick up accents that are near and around me. So, we obviously we've we've gone over questions and we've kind of um, we've got our answers down. But I thought we'll get get the ball rolling and oh, yeah. and um, get started. So, the first one I sent over to you was 
what would be your favorite accent to listen to in, yeah in general well i had to think long and hard about this one because i think for most americans if you were to say accent if yeah. they didn't think of an american one you know like a southern accent or a new york accent but i would i would still guess if you asked 100 americans name an accent that's not an american accent they would say an english accent because it's so accessible to us yeah because uh, we can for the most part understand it <laughs> but when i was growing up i was obsessed and i mean obsessed with the spice girls they were my first concert that oh, yeah. i ever went to and i was also obsessed with elizabeth hurley yeah and because i just thought you know when i was this pre-adolescent you know little boy essentially like wow these are the most beautiful women i've ever seen in the world and they're so different because yeah. of this accent and so hearing specifically posh and hearing elizabeth hurley's kind of you know south kensington posh but still not you know queen's english or anything i mean that's just ingrained in my soul forever and i think just a casual listening to uh you know a woman's voice speaking in that kind of west london-esque accent is something that i will always love but then when you talk about stage one of my absolute favorite accents to listen to is kind of bible belt american southern because there's so much passion behind it yeah and i think when you're listening to an accent on stage it's very very tough because if it's too thick or if it you know because on stage you have to project in a film like you know you look at peaky blinders and stuff yeah. like that where it's very specific and for people that don't know those accents, yeah. it's very, it can be very difficult to understand. But on stage, you don't have that luxury because you have to have the people at the back row in a, you know, palladium mm, of a few of thousand people understand you. You have to, you have to say, you have to speak in a way that is understandable, still authentic, but loud enough so people can hear. Exactly. And that can alter the way that it's done. Yeah. And, so there. And I've seen a couple of shows where. Some of my favorite characters had those kind of southern accents that were Bible Belt. I say that meaning like ministers and things like that. Mm. Like one of my favorite shows I've ever seen is called August Osage County. And it was very big in America, had a huge Broadway run, might still be going on, you know, yeah. one, one loads of Tonys and stuff. But it was this kind of soft southern accent. But then when they get really heated, it comes out and it's just this beautiful language. And for mm. me, the English version of that and you probably know this better than most is the understandable cockney accent from one man two governors and like that oh, playful yeah. unbelievable the banter the wordplay in that was so fun and so funny <laughs> i was laughing so hard the whole yeah, time and of I've, course you know yeah i mean I, i've mentioned previously on the podcast one man two governors and yeah i, I love the the kind of barter between um, different accents in that show I, I played a Caribbean I mm -hmm. played with a Caribbean accent and that helped also kind of um, build the the story and and the, the character because of the time that it that the play was set in yeah um, but I'd, I'd say like one of the accents that I feel um, that I love to listen to is Yorkshire which is mm. um, up north because Growing up, I watched a lot of TV, a lot of action movies where it was either American or it was London. Yeah. Um, but then suddenly I went to college and I bumped to someone who bumped into someone who was, you know, from you know, from from up north, York. Um, from York, Yorkshire. Yorkshire. And I've got friends who I play online with on Xbox that are from Leeds in Yorkshire, and yeah. um, I can just sit there and listen to them talk all night, and I just absolutely, I, I do, 
when they explain things, it's it's like they're talking. It's like they're talking from the past. It, yeah. It, it, it's, it's it's very storytelling. It, almost. Yeah. It, it, it's beautiful and I get a warm, homely feeling when I mm. when I when I listen to Yorkshire and to York to to the Yorkshire accent and. Um, yeah, I feel I feel at home, and I I just love hearing the accent. Mm. So I could I could listen to it all day. And I guess another one I, I like is I, I do like Queen's RP. Yeah, because I mean it, that's tough. It's and it's only because it's so obscure. It, it's dying out now a bit. Yeah. Um, of course, obviously when you hear the Queen and the Royal Family speak, it's it still as it is, but it's not spoken amongst people now, and it used to be the norm mm. to speak that way. Um, it. Um, my my heritage is Jamaica, and before they got independent it, in Kingston, it was what they spoke. They spoke the Queen's RP. Oh wow! Okay. So um, there's certain parts of Kingston when you go to and you speak, um, you speak to them in English. They still speak like really? the Queen. Oh, yeah, shit, I didn't know that. Honest, honestly, it it's it was bizarre at first because as soon as they heard me speak. They wanted to speak Queen's RP, even though my accent is not <laughs> Queen's RP at all. <laughs> but yeah, that that so I'd say they're the two accents that I. Mm. I mean, I, I couldn't even try and demonstrate Queen's RP really. Yeah, I mean, I just um, the biggest. Thing how, I remember, how do you do? Yeah, I mean, when I was learning it, because that was I had to actually study that in my master's course was studying RP specifically, not you know. English, which isn't an accent, but like not Southern, not Northern, you know, it was RP and it was completely different because it's so clipped and it's so at the back of your throat and learning how to say things like little where your tongue is at the back of your throat and it, you don't have any sort of little or American with a D little. It's just entirely or back country, there. And, so, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and it becomes one of those things where it's so it's not even English to me. It doesn't sound English to me because it's so reserved. And and I feel as though you have to have, you know, the full body movement. It's, I, can't, I can't even do it right now without getting my whole self into it. You know, it's one of those things where I feel like you need a cup of tea and a tuxedo on yeah, to I mean, really like, be able to do it. The method is just like coming through. Like you're just yeah. transforming in front of me. Yeah. Now, um, in such a small country, we have so many accents. Yeah, so, it's that identity thing, you know, when you have so much less space you have to find your community based on more than just region. You know, like I'm Californian. That's such an iconic, like, you know, you're California. You knew, know you're from Iowa. Yeah. You know, you're from Wisconsin. Whereas yeah. here, you know, saying you're from Birmingham or saying you're from Dudley Wolverhampton or, or Dudley or something yeah. to really emphasize without having to tell everyone, hey, I'm from Dudley. <laughs> you know, you have that accent that people know immediately. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, 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 it's nice. It's such a small country. It's nice that we have that. So should we move on to the yeah, next question? Let's, Let's go. So uh, accents you have performed within your career. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I have done. So I have to preface this by saying one of the fantastic things about having lived here and then moving back to America is that in America, we believe there are three in English accents, three <laughs> in total. Okay. There is the Queen's English, yeah. so very clipped, very formal. And then there's what I consider West London, you know, not Cockney, but generalized. West London, you know, kind of that sexy vibe, you know, that kind of swarthy Hugh Grant type of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, and then there's Cockney. Yeah. And that's it. 
Okay. And anything outside of that, they assume you're Scottish or Irish or something like that. Uh, so no, no uh, Essex, not none of the... People wouldn't really hear the difference unless you really either had been here or had for some reason seen Towie or something. Nobody would, you know, okay. really hear that at all. I mean, you know, I, people in America love James Corden and have no idea what Gavin and Stacey is. I mean, they have <laughs> no idea. So when I moved back to America and had an English accent that I could do that was kind of more London, West London, yeah. it was like, it felt like, oh my God, you're a native. You know, like they thought, oh my <laughs> God, you know what you're doing type of thing. Because, I mean, I've worked in casting rooms where people say, oh, I can do an English accent. And I will say, what accent? And they'll say, oh, just general English. Oh. And I'm like, thank you for coming in today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like if you can't even say Southern or something, because yeah. in America, there is a general American accent, kind of how I'm speaking. Yeah. And it is general. It's what you see in movies. Yeah. Whereas there's not that in England. And anyone from England would know that immediately. Straight away, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I've done I've done uh, what I call West London, London accent. Um, I've done RP when I was first doing uh, voiceover here in England, just because it was so fresh in my mind. Now it's just... It's such a character yeah. that it's more comedic, you know, for effect type of thing. Mm. I've done plenty of American accents. Strangely enough, the weirdest, most specific one was West Virginia that I had to study for a lot because it's just so specific. I've done generic kind of, you know, whatever um, Southern accents and Midwest accents because um, my family, had, my okay. aunt is from there, you know, like the all, you know, go and get your smokes, don't you know? Like that type of, again, very stereotyped, yeah. but America loves a stereotype. And that's probably why we think there's so few accents because we want people to sound like James Bond. You know, we want uh, our villains to be very yeah. harsh and deep and, you know, have <laughs> that kind of gravitas, you know, that type of thing. We <laughs> yeah, want that. Yeah. We want to hear it all the time. Yeah, and I've noticed a lot in a lot of films, if they want that villain to be from London or England, they do have that that very distinctive um, European kind of um, strong, thick accent. Yeah. Which helps, I think it helps create the mood, I guess. Yeah, and you also get, you know, I mean, and again, I, I'm not joking at all when I say Americans don't really recognize more than a couple accents here, but also it's from media. So it's like the reason why we know and love Cockney accents is Guy Ritchie movies, yeah. you know? Which also had us believing that Brad Pitt was an Irish traveler. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> I think we're pretty gullible in that regard. But yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's been American accents and, um, you know, some London accents, uh, especially over in America. And a lot of character accents that use bits of that. Um, because I do a lot of anime and animation voiceover. Yeah being able to grab from that and put the physicalization in like you saw like just then when I was doing you know bad RP but as soon as I can start to physically do everything in it you know it's a, it so that your so thing. your 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 physical embodiment helps you find the Absolutely. accent yeah if you said that I had to sit there with my hands tied behind my back my accent would be more garbage than it probably already <laughs> is oh that, that that's awesome because it kind of reminds me of um, when I was studying um, drama and and using your physical your physicality to help um, portray a character more so than just thinking about it and and yes. trying to um, emotionally connect to something that's not not physically there. Yeah. It's all about the physical, which I know we've spoken about 
um, off the podcast. Um, but it, which it, it's funny because it's led me to the next question. What would be your what's your most challenging accent that you've that you've ever had to perform? Yeah. Uh, so I was hired to do some voiceover for. Um, I used to do a lot of audiobooks and audio learning, yeah. and so in the average eight-hour recording session of a day you'll have to do quite a lot of different voices and accents. And the hardest I think that I've come across, that's not like so crazy specific, you know, like for example, I would have no idea what a Dudley accent was about because it's so specific. Yeah. But was any sort of Irish, specifically Dublin, because so many of their words are actually really close to the way Americans pronunciate it. And because the differences are quite minimal, it's really hard to tackle because you start to hear certain sounds that you're used to already. And so you go back into your own accent. And so there was a lot of start and stop when I was first doing it. And it's something that still, I need to listen to it so much to really get into it. And it's still pretty poor. Like, again, not a great accent, but I find as though when I'm doing English accents, it, it comes naturally to me because I'm so used to hearing it. Yeah. And it's not always good and it's not always bad. And I could listen to it a lot more and it'd be a lot better, but it's still there. Like, I feel like I could always do at least a bad version of it. Whereas Irish, no way. Like, I got to listen to Irish people for a while before I can even <laughs> say it out loud and not be completely embarrassed. Yeah. Um, I, I think with me, I, because I tend to struggle with accents that are cl like close to myself. So mm -hmm. exactly. um, if when someone says, oh, um, can you try and do a Liverpool accent? Like, you're right, mate. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I just, I, I'll probably say a few words and then um, I really, I really start to struggle, you know, because like, um, I go to Irish and then I go into Welsh yep. and, and and I tend to go around a lot of regions that are close to me, but it's never quite there. And I guess, like you said, I guess it comes with practice. Mm. Um, and like, an another that I tend to um, struggle with is Australian, oh, um, yeah. because it, it they're speaking English, but it's like oh, good good day, mate. Uh, like, and I've got, it, t the worst thing about it, I've got I've got friends who are Australian. Well, that's probably why. And yeah, it, uh, and you think, oh, speaking to them, you, you'd be able to pick up on what they say. And well, I think that there's a huge part of accents like. For me, a lot of it is physicalization. And for the harder accents, you know, it's imitation of like a person that I like, for example, you said Liverpool. Granted, I cannot do that at all. But if I were to do it, I just think of Paddy the Batty because <laughs> he's so like, you know, a caricature of what Liverpoolians sound like. But a lot of it as well is, for me at least, the attitude behind it. Like, Again, total generalization here. This is just stereotypes. Don't take anything of course, personally. Of but Please don't get offended anyone. Yeah, British. <laughs> yeah, disclaimer, uh, trigger warning. But the British are, for the most part, much more uh, not as openly emotional mm. and in general have a very measured way of speaking. Yeah. When I think about Australian, it's overconfident, not overconfident in the sense of like, you know, total arrogance, but it's just like people that have all the confidence in the world. Every word they say is exactly what they mean and they're not afraid to say it. So when you get that confidence in, you know, it then infects your body. So as you speak it, then it becomes a whole thing. Again, I think Australian is actually really hard, um, but uh, I'm trying to think of what I, I used to say certain phrases to get into it and it'd be like, 
Good day, Bruce. Good day, Bruce. Good day today, Bruce. It's so easy to get into. But I have a friend who is, but it's like it goes back and forth. And it's like, what the hell was that? And then I have to keep saying it and saying it. And it's like, no, you're right. And it just becomes extremely difficult over and over because you you say it and then you start to hear it weird and then you say it weirder. And it's just, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I, I mean, sometimes, I don't know about you, but I know we both watch a lot of football. And um, I tend to do... I tend to pick up accents from managers. Mm. Like I used to love watching, you know, like Arsene Wenger in, in interviews. Like, uh, oh, uh, oh, what did, how oh, did you, did you see the, the, the challenge that happened? It's like, oh, I don't know. Uh, I, the, the fourth official was in my way and <laughs> I, I, I did a lane and, uh, and, and I pick, I used to, I was, I used to love just like watching people and picking mm. up certain mannerisms and going from that with yeah. my accent. Um, but as soon as it, I see a script and I see a full like paragraph of something I have mm. to do in an accent. I'm like, oh, what's well, that specific shit. stuff as well? Because it's easy to say the things that you remember, you know, like, or, or to go over the top with it. But yeah. then when you have to say specific things, then it's like, Oh God, now, now I'm <laughs> saying someone else's words and it's not the way I'm used to saying it. And, you know, like, is that, Typical French character. Yes, uh, this is a cartoon. Uh, a French oui, oui. Le plus, uh, oui, oui, yes, I will have a baguette, baguette and some uh, groceries. Uh. And then as soon as they give me a script, it's like, and all of a sudden I have no accent and I don't know what I, <laughs> why all of a sudden can't I do it? Why all of a sudden am I sounding like Robin Williams being upset about something? You know, like I, it genuinely goes from like point A to point Z in two seconds. Yeah, and I think that, that that's fun really. Like Because there are so many, it's so easy to slip in others. So, yeah. um, so we'll <laughs> to the ne- next question I wrote down was accent that you felt comfortable doing outside your own what's the what's the accent that you that you feel that if someone says to you you know there's a script um give you five minutes to read it mm. you've got to do that accent what would be the one that you would be like i'm going to do it in that accent? yeah it'd have to be that west london-esque london yeah. one just because it's the one i have done the most for work and it's the one that i experienced the most living in london you know for a while and um also just on top of that it's the one I like the most but I think when I'm I'm one of those people and we've talked about this before that I kind of whether it's a lack of self-confidence or just a desire to be part of the group whenever I'm around a certain group of people I easily pick up parts of what they're saying and I put it into my own and especially being married to a British person even though she's not from London or anything I'll find myself slipping into that with certain words and stuff like that. So it, it comes across a little bit have more you, natural. Did, have you work, have you yet to work out what Litchfield Litchfield accent is? Because No. Because the women that we know from Litchfield at least, they don't have a strong you know, I know people from you know, we've met people in the area that have what I would consider a very brummy accent or a black country accent, and then I've met people that quite a posh accent yeah and so yeah i'd say it's definitely a melting pot I still yeah class. i still can't work out what litchfield accent is it's a mixture of black country birmingham and nor and a bit bit of stoke a bit of mm. it, 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 it's a yeah it's it, it's funny yeah it's a, it's a funny old place <laughs> when i when i moved to england i moved to birmingham and that's obviously you know i was one of those americans that thought you either were english or you know you were either from london or you weren't english and moving to birmingham was quite a shock and i remember my first day i went to a costa coffee because i had just gotten off a plane it was like you're that love and i was like pardon what did you just say and it sounded like there was gum in their mouth and they get really animated and i'd understand less and it was just like 
are you are you Scottish? Like, what's going on here? And it's, yeah. it's funny when I when I first went to uni in Brighton, um, I I don't consider myself from Birmingham at all. Mm. Um, but as soon as I arrived, well, oh, you, are you from Birmingham? Are you? You from from you from Brummie? From Brummieland? <laughs> I'm like, ah, I don't really, <laughs> I don't like, really speak yeah, like that. But I'd love to punch I, you in the face. I don't really speak like that. But okay, um, okay. If I'm, if, so that when I started to speak to so many people and I said, oh, where are you from? I'd say, oh, I'm from Dudley or I'm from mm. West Brom. And they'd be like, where's that? And I'm like, oh, it's near Birmingham. Oh, from Birmingham. From Birmingham. And I'm like, oh, God. Well, can't and escape it. Another well, interesting thing is, and this is like such a great American kind of thing that's developed is i would say in general a lot of brits have a better american accent than americans would have a british accent because yeah. so much of your media your music your tv is in american accent and general american whereas we learned about scottish accents from an australian playing a scot <laughs> in a movie you know we learned about you know english accents from dick yeah. van dyke yeah you know with a horrific like all right, but not you know like a crazy accent, Mary Poppins. Yeah, I and mean, those aren't that, those are crazy. Like literally, you say to someone in America, "Give me a Scottish accent," they'll go, "I love you, always have, always well." You know, like just William Wallace, yeah, just quote, whatever right, Mel Gibson yeah. did. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, and it's funny because growing up and you watch all these films and you don't really take the time to look at where the actors are from, mm. and you just presume that they're from that place. And oh yeah, um, and he. You, you learn that they're not and Russell Crowe like um, I thought every actor was American growing up and then to find out half of them are British or Australian I like wanted to riot <laughs> they took our jabs <laughs> they took our jabs just so angry <laughs> um, but yes yeah, so, funny enough um, you kind of touched on the, the next question which was like accents that you've seen that you've listened to that have been kind of close to your own that you mm. think that, that you can tell that they're putting it on and it's just not working for them like is there any kind of is there any particular shows or films that you've seen and you've like that, that that's not working mate yeah uh when i was living here i used to go to west end shows you know a lot and seeing some shows where they do american accents you know there's still an american accent and i think sometimes people like any accent will lean into it a little harder than they need to and it becomes for me kind of like a pantomime accent of america like you know they say hamburger and water and everything becomes kind of a valley girl thing and it's like that works for legally blonde but like you know anything else it doesn't and, and similarly you have some british actors who are fantastic fantastic actors and they'll do american accents seemingly for no reason like in a movie they'll be cast in some part where they need to do an american accent it's like one you know like that's fine but then they'll try and do some very specific regional accent and it's mm. like you're already doing an accent and now you're adding another layer onto that and it comes across as very fake um I yeah just, oh god i just watched a movie i was thinking that exact thing and i couldn't remember what it was but it felt so forced and i'm just like why like you could just speak in your normal accent and yeah it wouldn't and have it, made it the wouldn't movie made... different do you think that could be down to sometimes the producer or the director saying uh we want you to do in that accent or to say uh because i know you've you've done more um film work than i have um but at no, at no point like when i was on um atlantis bbc's atlantis mm. they never they never said to me oh we want you to 
speak with a certain accent. They just kind of said what you're doing is fine and how you're how you're saying those lines are fine. Yeah. Um, is there a, has there ever been a situation where you you felt you wanted to speak differently to your own because why not? Yeah, I mean, there's been a couple of times where I've suggested, especially with voiceover, like I've suggested accents or I've suggested just a way of speaking. Um, yeah. And sometimes they're like, nope. And other times they're like, great, let's hear it. Let's go for it and we'll try one. And then if it works, we'll keep going. If it doesn't, we'll go back to the old way. Um, you know, when I did the Amazon show, Jean-Claude Van Johnson with Jean-Claude Van Damme, which was super <laughs> funny. I was this like over the top villainous, you know, like spoke like this type of character. And when I did the audition, they said, you know, we want you to be quite intense and menacing, um, but with your normal voice. So, you know, I said the lines, oh, you know, I think one of it was like, oh, I work for a different department. And I was like, oh, I work for a different department, you know, with the eyebrow and everything. Cause they wanted that, you know, like kind of, <laughs> batty yeah. twisting your mustache but i was like can i try it again and just completely drop out my register because it's that kind of ott type of character and they're like yeah so i come in and i'm like oh i work for a different department you know like as low as i could go and they were like yes yes keep that in we love that and then i got that part you know from that audition <laughs> and i had to do that and the worst thing was is i kind of naturally have a higher voice and so on the day uh just because we were walking through like a bullpen. There was lots of background action going on. So we had to do it quite a few times. Yeah. And like after the fifth or sixth take, my voice was like so hoarse <laughs> and I could barely speak. And it started to go like that. And they were like, you, you sound like, you know, this old character has been smoking cigarettes for 60 years. And yeah. someone, walk, someone walks over to a glass of water. Did you, yeah. would you like this? Um, you now... need a spoonful of honey and to chill out for a little bit, guy. So I'm talking to Jean-Claude Van Damme, like, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> like I'm faking being Batman or something. <laughs> it's it's funny because you when you want to put in the best performance that you can, sometimes you naturally you will put an accent on because you feel mm. that you're the the more things that you do are different that are different to yourself. You feel that that the the more you're transforming mm. um, and. I always try, I always give it a go. I don't always succeed, but I always try to, sometimes if I'm doing a different accent, I also like to add a different pitch as well. So I might talk a bit higher. Like. <laughs> yeah, they, see, there you sound like me. That's an impression of me right there. Oh my God, how are you? I'm from America. Yeah, I'm American now. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's just funny um, and I'm guessing because of your voice work, you probably feel more confident actually in front of a microphone being able to like think, oh, okay, uh, I'm going to speak with this infliction and kind mm. of add in. Do you find that like when you, you know, when you watch someone and you, and you listen to them kind of speak their lines, do you sometimes think, well, I can tell they haven't done voice work or they haven't like had a coach to kind of help them, um, portray what they're trying to emote um like they're just kind of just saying it and it feels like just a kind of throwaway line yeah i think i think sometimes you hear that when there's crossover so what i mean by that is like you know when you see a very famous film actor do yeah. a stage play 
sometimes it doesn't translate because they're so used to performing in this tiny little window, you yeah. know, where we are, we're seeing their eyebrow movements on a 50 foot screen. So they don't need to emote these huge things. Whereas on stage, they need to be a little bit bigger. And some people, it's a seamless transition and they can do it incredibly. And same with voice work. Sometimes you get specifically famous people that are, you know, I'm going to have you be in the latest Disney movie or whatever. Like a great example for me that sticks out in my head is Moana, right? Yeah. And The Rock plays this character in there. And I swear you can tell scenes that they must have recorded later because there's some scenes where it sounds like he's speaking into a microphone or knowing like, hey, I'm on a mic, so I'm going to speak like this. And then there's other scenes where he's being The Rock and his natural charismatic, just a character. Yeah. Yeah. And... I felt when I watched that, that it's so obvious that this scene versus this scene is a world of difference. And then you look at other people who are like one of the most famous voice actors on the planet that you've never heard of is this guy called Alan Tudyk, right? You know, he plays Steve the Pirate in Dodgeball. He's in a million movies as a character oh, actor. yeah. But yeah. he voices everything. And he is so incredible. And his ability to just put on these wild characters or accents or whatever it may be and still sound so natural is just like amazing to behold now being on the other side of it and knowing like I have a range where outside of that I can't do much you know like there's a few voices and a few accents that I feel very comfortable doing and I can do my own voice obviously a little Mm. bit higher a little bit lower but he can do you know like this crazy wild tiny little mouse character and then this deep villain Snoke type of character and it's just like he sounds so good doing that. That's incredible. That's incredible. And I love hearing yeah. that. And then there's other, you know, famous people like uh, Kristen Bell does an unbelievable amount of voice work, but it's always being Kristen Bell. Yeah. You know, like it, it may be a little higher and more energetic like she was in Inside Out, or it could just be more normal Kristen Bell. And yeah. she's really great on mic. But at the same time, the flex of utilizing the microphone to your advantage isn't there the way it is with this guy, Alan Tudyk, who I love. And... Uh, you know, so seeing stuff like that, and I see it a lot with the stage, is there's people who, when they're on stage, somehow, without even having to do much, they capture your eye. You're looking at them. You want to know what they're doing. They're not chewing the scenery or being too crazy, but they just have that presence. And I think that translates into a, a recording booth for a VO. I think it translates onto film. And the reason why there's movie stars and stage stars that, you know, are just iconic because whether they're just standing there doing absolutely nothing, mm. you'd pick them out of a hundred. Oh, of course. And the, I think stage presence is a, is something that we've spoken about before on the podcast. And I think it's so important. Um, and it's something that sort that almost goes beyond what you, you see in front of you. There's just, they give off an energy that's just, mm. you know, it's just addictive. Absolutely. Um, I mean, one, one show that I felt like one show you mentioned earlier, Peaky Blinders. Now, mm. that show was set in a place that's near to me. So I struggled at first when I listened to it because a lot of the actors aren't from where I'm from. Yeah. So I was expecting to hear people just like me um, speaking. But they had all the, the um, a lot of American actors, a lot of, you know, Australian, etc. speaking speaking these lines. And I just really struggled at first <laughs> because I'm like... It's almost like they're taking the piss, yeah. And they're not, they're not, they're not saying, they're not speaking the lines properly. The, the acting in in its peak lines is brilliant, but sometimes when when they're not, I, I do you sometimes wonder though when 
you watch a show or a, that or anything that's set in your hometown have you watched in they've just cast people that aren't from those places yeah, english and people and it drives me insane because i'm jealous but also because some english people it's a natural transition they can do american accents and you never know the difference you wouldn't know they were english until you you, you know looked up their IMDb. From, yeah and then there's other people that you know like benedict cumberbatch is a yeah. fantastic example of he plays dr strange with an american accent and you'd never really notice or think about it twice but then i've also seen him in other things like i just watched this movie that's getting these rave reviews incredible it's called um the power of the dog Mm. and it's this kind of western-esque you know yellowstone type of film and he's good in it his acting is good but the accent just like you know it was felt a little forced and then you see benedict cumberbatch in 12 years a slave incredible again you know, like, I thought that was an interesting movie because you had Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, young Magneto. What the hell's his name? I always forget. James McAvoy. No, no, no. That's Professor X. Come oh, on, then... Irish mate. Oh, God, what's his name? Um. Oh, my God. Uh, it, yeah, it's, um, it's going to drive me insane. Uh, it's Michael, <laughs> it's Fass- Michael there, Fassbender. Yeah, Fassbender and Fassbender and Cumberbatch played the two slave owners in <laughs> this movie. And, and it's just like... You know, again, like I said, I think I love that movie. I think it's an incredibly powerful film. But like, I wonder why them, you know, like, why did you choose these two people when it's such an American story? You know, it's such a intense part of American history. It's interesting the choice to use English actors in it, but maybe that's why. Because, uh, yeah, you know, I, I mean, not emotionally the, connected to it. The one film I, I like watched and I, I found it interesting was um, Lawless. Mm. Um, because you, Is that you had Tom Hardy, yeah, Tom yeah. Hardy, Shia LaBeouf, yes, Gary Oldman, yes, 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 yes. Ve- like, very different types of people from different places. Um, like Gary Oldman, Tom Hardy, the English actors, yeah. but set in like South America, and and you and like, and then you've got Shia LaBeouf, and it, it, the, the film is brilliant, mm. but you think that they're hiring these people from all the way across the pond to play these parts and it it's 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 nice to to see that you feel the same way because sometimes um what was he uh the film ready player one yeah that that, Love that movie the the end of that oh me too and the the end of that film was filmed in digbeth birmingham and was it yeah, yeah. It's like in all the stacks and oh, stuff. Yeah, like oh, yeah. Um, when they're running across the roofs and yeah, when yeah, yeah. he goes to the you know the resistant place. That's in Digbeth. Oh, and I it, didn't know that. It, 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 it was amazing to see Digbeth in a, such a big a Steven Spielberg film. Yeah. and But all the actors are American mm-hmm. and there was, there was no... Like, there wasn't... Yeah, it's it, so weird that it's cross. so weird like, the, 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 the crossovers always because yeah, sometimes it doesn't bother you at all and other times it's like it feels odd like and the other thing is when someone is a really iconic actor like someone that you know so well for being english like it would be weird for me if daniel craig played an american accented character because he's james bond you know like you hmm. think of him now at least as james bond and it's such an iconic role. Or, you know, like Julie Andrews playing yeah. um, an American cowgirl. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it happens a lot. And for some people, you know, you can kind of get over it. And other people, it's just like, I just don't see it. Like James McAvoy is so many American roles. And I just don't see him as an American mm. at all. Mm. And so it kind of takes me out of that. But mm. then I think it also works the other way. And this is, again, the American in me. But because I love accents, the other way, if you don't know a place... Like one of my favorite comedy shows of the last few years and also personal bias because uh, I know one of the characters in it, but is the series Dairy Girls. And okay, I've never yeah. been to Northern Ireland. I don't know anyone from Northern Ireland except for Fassbender. I think he's from or or uh, also isn't um, Liam Neeson from there yeah. anyway. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I don't know anyone personally. I never speak to anyone with that accent so hearing them oh, do it he, he, i'm just like oh this must be so original and so perfect and i wonder if, if people from Derry, or at least that lived there in the 90s i wonder if they're like god these accents are shit but i'm sitting there like wow you're transporting me into this moment you know like how i imagine 99 percent of americans are watching peaky blinders wow this is birmingham and in, in this time and must be exactly yeah. what they sounded like and i love Derry girls and i try and copy that accent which is impossible but it's like erin what are you doing are you absolutely out your mind no like you know and i i have no idea if that is good or bad but i'm just copying what i hear because it's so funny and so good and the it, it accent was, is a huge it, part it of that good was, i thought it was good <laughs> thank um, you yes and I, I think um also i know that you, you mentioned you um you have a friend who was in that show what is it the same person who was in bridgerton yeah oh okay so i know who you're on a bit um yeah because Br bridgerton again shout I actually, out her by the way yeah, um, yeah, great performance, and it was a great um, show. I when when that first came to to be, I was like, oh, it's going to be another period drama. Mm. Oh, all oh, right, oh, oh, and let's watch it. And it, it turned out to be brilliant. So, yeah. and it's different as well. Like you know, they're they've intentionally done it with so much um, stylization. Yeah, like not just the colorblind yeah. casting, but the way in which they kind of add modern tweaks to these period outfits and you know their looks and the, the music music and just yeah literally everything about it has these these modern additions or these these tweaks that make it so unique and and um specific to the show which gives it that kind of its own flavor like you said not your average period drama yeah yeah um so now it, it, it's good it's good when you um have you have you found that you like you said going on what you said about an actor when you hear them actually act with their own accent mm. for the first time and you find that weird like um for example christian bell i'm so used to hearing him speak with american accents that when he plays a part that's that's english or in his, his own his own mm. accent I'm like, I'm like what Welsh? what what like what like this yeah. isn't christian bell is well strangely <laughs> enough i thought he was scottish because the first movie I ever saw him in was Reign of Fire. Yeah. You know, this dragon movie with Gerard Butler, of course. And yeah. the most hilarious Matthew McConaughey role of all time. <laughs> but, like, he's he's another person that I thought was an American putting on an accent. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's also a trip when you're so used to someone being American and then you hear them in an interview or something or in another movie in their natural yeah. accent. And you're like, wait, what? Are you putting that on? Half the time I even am like, oh, what a terrible accent. Like he can't do an English. He can't do a Welsh accent. He can't do a. And that he's his natural. And it it happens all the time. I I think another one was um, um Alan Rickman. Oh, 
I, I, I thought RIP. I thought yeah I thought Alan Rickman um, like could to, to be honest you thought like, he was German didn't you yeah <laughs> and but then you, you hear his, his natural accent it was just like like Alan Rickman he was he, he was another one he was just he he, he could play whoever and he, oh. it didn't matter yeah it, it didn't matter Gary Oldman's another what? one who he, I feel he he does so well with every every role that he plays and mm. um he gives 100% and he he like, like similar to yourself he uses a lot of physicality um in his roles to kind of help him play the play a different role I, I I find with Gary Oldman he's kind of um underrated as well he he, he works along massive mm. um he works in casts of of other big superstars yeah um and people may not say his name straight away but i know that whatever film he's going to be in he's going to be good yeah that's a really good point and he has such a versatile background as well oh, like yeah so brilliant. many different films so many great films and yeah I, so it's interesting because there's other people that their accent is kind of muddled or different or mm. it changes a little bit here and there but you don't mind at all. And the perfect example for that for me is Liam Neeson because yeah. he just kind of has an American accent now, at least in movies and stuff, obviously, but you can tell it's not a natural American accent, but there's not a single particle in you that cares at all in I, his movies I, because I, you're I, so yeah, used find, to it. I find with Liam Neeson, he has the perfect blend of Irish and American. Mm. Like, he, but he's never he playing speaks, an Irishman. No, you know, no, he's like, not. He's yeah. never play, he's never playing an Irishman. But I just love that. No matter what role he's in, his accent is like the perfect blend of American yeah. and Irish. It, it it it's it yeah. It's really nice to listen to, and well, some accents are nice to listen to. And so. you start to, I think, when you hear certain things as well, you start to pick those up and put them in your, at least I do, daily vernacular of like, I hear this said this way all the time. So I'm going to say it that way. Like, for instance, sometimes, you know, my wife will say, hey, do you want like a cup of tea or something like that? Yeah. And I'll say, no, I'm grand. And I emphasize the A in it because the only people I hear say I'm grand are Irish. Yeah. And in Ireland, the way they say it, obviously, you know, is more Irish than I am. But it's very much like, no, I'm grand. And it has that an. And I would say I'm grand, but I would never say grand. Yeah. So the fact that I'm no, saying I'm grand. It her, or yeah. like, you know, I say also, you're right. And yeah. in American, you're right. It you're just right. sounds weird. And no yeah. American say that. Whereas, you know, over here, if someone, you know, says, hey, what's up? It's like, oh, you're right. Like you kind of put on that little accent or like, you know, pardon or something like that. You know, it's yeah. little tiny things. Yeah. That and are now and just part of me. It's like, um, like I was saying to you off the podcast, my friend, Justin, he's from Detroit. Mm. He's lived, he's lived in near Dudley for a few years now. And, He'll he has this thick um, Detroit accent, but then he'll say um, "try a bit, mate." Yeah, and you're like, "What?" It's just, it's weird hearing you say say yeah. that, but it it's just become part of his vocabulary. It's just what he it just comes natural to him there. Yeah. So it's, it's like saying the word "quid" is not an American word at all. You'd be like, "How much is it? Five quid? Five quid? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Have a pint? How much is you're, it? You're right, mate. Three quid. All good. Yeah, right. All good, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, what I thought I'd do is to to kind of um end on mm. is the maybe try and say certain things well we could try and do each other's accent oh god because <laughs> we're friends we're family we can't we, can we can't <laughs> we can't get upset as long as we go into this knowing 
but I thought it'd be quite funny just to, you, like maybe you could say a line and okay. I'll try and say it the, the, the same, same as you, and then I'll say a line that I normally say and then you try and repeat. This is going to be tough. I'm dead serious. It could, All be, right. it could be funny. So. Trying to think of just an American line that to me is such an innocuous line, but to you, there's a lot of, there's a lot of traps in it. So I'm giving you a tough one. So how about this? I was thinking for dinner we could have hamburgers. I was thinking for dinner we could have hamburgers. That wasn't bad at all. Oh my god! <laughs> I thought you'd do the whole hamburger like the really hard R's. See, I, I'm trying not to do it in a take Ooh, the piss way. Yeah, no. Um, oh great, uh, setting me up. No, right. that that was actually a lot better than I thought, and you had the cadence as well, like the kind of same way that I said. It. <laughs> okay. Dang. Um, what should I give you? I, I was trapping um, you. Uh, <laughs> I set the bar too high. Now I should have gone first. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Um, you're right, mate. You fancy going to a chippy? You're right, mate. You fancy going to a chippy? <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> so, you're right, mate. You fancy going to a chippy? One more time, please. <laughs> You're right, mate. You fancy going to a chippy? You're right, mate. You try... <laughs> one more time, one more time, please. <laughs> You're right, mate. You fancy going to a chippy? You're right, mate. You fancy going to a chippy? <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> the chippy is the one that gets me, but yeah. You're right, mate. You fancy going to a chippy? Because you, I mean, it's so much in the front, like with your lips, like it's so much in the front of your mouth because you're, you're making like an O with your mouth as you speak and I'm trying to do that, <laughs> but then I'm thinking about that too much. Ah. You right, mate. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Now, I, now I can't do any of it. <laughs> All right, one more time, please. Oh, um, so you, 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 right. you say a line. Uh, I'm gonna change it up on you. Okay. Who the hell wants water? I'd rather have a beer. Who the hell wants water? I'd rather have a beer. Oh, that's, a, that's a little bit. A Your little... beer was perfect though. Because <laughs> usually you go like beer, but you be- said it beer. Perfect beer. Beer. All right. Who the hell wants water? I'd rather have a beer. Who the hell wants water? I'd rather have a beer. <sighs> Sounds pretty damn good. <laughs> I can see you as well, as well, like getting past certain things. I'm, I'm very impressed with that. God dang. <laughs> I feel terrible. Like I, I, oh. I, I think it's because I, mm. I like to, I, I, I people watch and I think I take things mm. off what I see. But if if we didn't speak today and someone off the cuff said, oh, do Brian's accent, I'd be like, whoa, uh, yeah. I, wouldn't know what, I wouldn't know what to do. I think so. you also have a hard accent as well. Like, I think the Midlands in general is, and, well, let me rephrase that, anywhere above really, like, High Wycombe is very difficult to me because it's so specific certain sounds as opposed to just kind of a general, like, each way of saying things is this way and blah 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 there's such specific words that you hit that are yeah. so ah. well, and I, I, i'm also I, making excuses no but... no no because no, I, I think you've done maxing pretty well but i'll give you one more all right um, please so... do you fancy a cup of tea mate one more time please do you fancy a cup of tea mate do you fancy a cup of tea mate <sighs> do you fancy a cup of tea mate mate yeah sorry <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> at least you know you can you can always take this podcast when you want to like you know when you're in the states yeah. and you want to you want to do a black contract to say just, 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 I'll listen just to ring this you up John I need you to say all Tra- these lines and I'm Tra- going to record fancy going to the pub mate fancy going to the pub mate uh, <laughs> now I'm just doing too fast oh fancy going to the pub mate it's so hard you do speak quite fast I, I try to because then it's like uh, I'm trying to match the way you do it because yeah, a lot of your words are pretty much like conjunctions of each other <laughs> but it's still fully understandable it's yeah it's so, like when you're saying you all right mate it's two syllables you know or three syllables you don't make like, you're all right mate yeah you're yeah. all right mate. it's all right yeah I, I mean i love hearing it though what's yeah. an accent that you like doing that's like out there that's really tough like you know for instance obviously i a classic american i don't know scottish like the difference between highlands and edinburgh um, and glasgow but like i tend to <laughs> you, sometimes I like to speak like um, Caribbean or African. Like um, you, you're telling me you don't know your own address. Like <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Ah, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, like, or you're um, telling me you don't know you, your you own don't, address. You don't know your own address. Mm. Madness. Like, Madness. Like, <laughs> I love that. Wakanda forever. Like. <laughs> <laughs> saying it sounds like you know. Uh, like an African businessman. Freeze. I never freeze. I never freeze. I never freeze. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Um, or, you know, like uh, some, sometimes I'd like to do a Caribbean accent, but it's not it's not the greatest, so I'm not going <laughs> to. Oh, why um, not? <laughs> um, it's a safe space, don't you worry. I'm yeah. not going to tell anyone. You might, <laughs> you know, all the people that listen. But hey, between you and me, it stays um, in this room. But in one man two governors, I was able to kind of focus on on lines and then mm. and then give it the respect that it deserves. Well, it becomes your character as well because you're so used to saying it like that for that purpose with this intention, you know, exactly, exactly. all of that. Whereas when we're just messing around, it's a lot harder because there's no you're just trying to go cold into it. Yeah. Like I, every single day of my life, I would say at least a tenth of what I say is in some weird accent, whether it be mm. like you know. A, a Jim Carrey character or trying to do an actual accent but like I love faking Scottish stuff like you know I can't even think about what it's like but over there in like in Scotland, Scotland. that's way it's way different uh, you know I say like things that are wee different and I go. to do it and it's like they say different as opposed to different and De- it's different. so hard but then yeah. I also think oh am I blending that with my belief of what dairy girls sound like you know it's so <laughs> yeah. freaking hard now but um, now it's been it's been fun um We'll, we'll kind of wrap things up there. Um, but no, it's been... He's saying, shut up. <laughs> Stop doing no, accents. No. Um, I mean, we could we could keep going. But we have reached <laughs> an hour. And uh, now, I mean, I, we could talk about this all night. Yeah, of um, course. It's, it's, it, it, it's a lot of fun. But like, I've enjoyed doing this podcast again. And, yeah, and thank speaking you for having to me someone. on, man. Yeah, I'm I mean, so glad we could. And you, you're always welcome to, to come back. I mean... Even if I fly out to Hell the yeah. States and bring, bring my record, recording equipment and, and we do another podcast out there. But no, um, thanks for... Yeah, we'll have to film something out there. Oh, well, even better. <laughs> You're just getting me excited now. <laughs> You're getting me too excited. Um, but no, thanks thanks for, for being here and uh, we'll leave it at that. All right, thank Cheers. you. Cheers. Bye-bye. And thank you guys for listening to the podcast. It's been a long one, but a very enjoyable one. And remember, guys, follow the page. Sign up to the Patreon if you can. Any kind of help would be absolutely 
so grateful be so grateful for that and remember if you want to make the world a better place start with the person standing in the mirror i am your host it's been a pleasure to entertain you all and until next time bye bye mother bye bye <laughs>